Welcome to Gay Mom Advice, a podcast where I, along with a special gay guest, answer all of your burning queries. I'm here with stunning gay icon, <laughs> Providenza Catalano, writer, actor, photographer, host of Them Fatale Drag Show, host of Heterophobic Podcast, yeah. <laughs> and envoy of devastating queer fashion, among many other things. Enzo, envoy. what are your pronouns? My pronouns are they, them. Great. And mine are she and they. And um, I mean, we all know that I'm mom. Mm-hmm. What? is your guardian pronoun okay so i have been like suffering over this question for the past week and today i just decided what i need to be okay with this answer is this is my feeling today which might shift so some people who know me know that i would typically describe my gender as if a tom of finland leather daddy and dolly parton had a baby that'd be like me (laughs) so i want to say that first and then this answer, which is not going to sound connected to that at all. But did you ever watch the TV show Recess? Absolutely. Okay, so you know TJ? I think I'm gay TJ. So I think gay TJ would mean like boy next door, like gay boy next door. Yes, I love Yeah, it. but Midwestern because... Obviously. Duh, because <laughs> that is me. So I was like Midwestern gay boy next door who like during the day is just like wearing like a backwards cap and like a cutoff shirt. But then like at night you always hear something in the bushes and they're like in a crop top like going out somewhere. <laughs> So I would like to remind all of the listeners out there that I am not a therapist, but I am highly qualified to give mediocre advice to strangers on the internet because one, I already love you, two, I have big mom energy, and three, I've done three quarters of the artist's way at least like four times. Enza, I knew I wanted you to be a Mm -hmm. special gay guest the moment I decided to start this podcast because you've always been one of my go-tos for, like, very patient and wise advice. And I may not always immediately take your advice, Mm -hmm. but I do want you to know that, like, your words are like seeds that Mm -hmm. get watered every time I say no to an emotionally unavailable butch. Oh, I'm so happy. If there's anything I could provide, it's that. (laughs) Very helpful. Yeah. So, um, also, as America's favorite fat, queer, genderful <laughs> princess, I know that you're specially equipped for this episode. Yes. Um, Enza and I have known each other for a few years now, and I feel like we've both grown in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, I was literally looking at pictures of us last night from like four or five years ago. No. And we look like. Homophobia. Unformed babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like so different. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I feel like, especially like, I admire your fashion sense and. I feel like you've just like really gotten like so much more bold and mm-hmm. iconic mm-hmm. and I would love to hear a little bit about like your trajectory mm. and your relationship to fashion and how that ties into your body and your gender presentation. Totally. Um, well, I also feel like when we first met, it was like when I hadn't like I was having a lot of my internal like gender journey versus like my outward one. Secondly, people don't make clothes for fat people. So like even, you know, when I look at pictures of myself in like college where I thought I was like turning it, you know, the real real was that it was like, you know, 2008 and we were wearing a lot of vests and knitted caps. So like I was just like on trend or like whatever at the time. 
I knew I was queer for like a long time. Um, but I'd never wanted to be perceived as like a fat butch. Like I had a lot of weirdness around that for me. Um, and I think it's, you know, I think we can all kind of figure out why that's the case, you know, um, which is funny because like the always if I go to the pride parade, the thing I'm going to cry at is dykes on bikes because I'm like, thank you, elders. <laughs> and I kind of like I, I actually think that that's such like an iconic look and way of existing. And like now I can kind of honor it as something that's like important. And I mean, a lot of it is also wrapped up in what I thought queer people thought was desirable. So I was also trying to like emulate that to get closer to that I mean I think a lot of ways like I don't really I, I identify don't really identify as like a butch because like like lol um but like I think that like I needed to like kind of get as far as I could in that like kind of like look and way of existing in order for me to like have the freedom to exist really in the way that I like actually am but I think that I was like the only thing that I could foreseeably be like attractive as now that I like don't care about heterosexuality is like I guess I could get closer to being a butch but that wasn't ever comfortable to me either so I think like now I'm just like a big dyke faggot filled with every gender one could possibly have I love that yeah yes so we're gonna get into our questions the first one comes from a voicemail that we got Hi, what do y'all think is the difference between heteronormativity, making people serious and boring through traditional gender roles versus being gay and open and fun and playful? So I grew up closeted and I'm terrified of dancing and dressing up. Thanks. So Enzo, what are your thoughts on this? Mm. So I have like kind of two feelings about this. This person seems self-aware, so I don't want to make like assumptions about like where they are on their journey. One thing that I will say is that sometimes some of this is connected to like internalized homophobia, right? You kind of have to look inside yourself and first say, am I embarrassed by those people? And then in turn, like I'm feeling embarrassed. And if that's kind of like part of the journey, then we need to like work on that bit first. I'm realizing that this is me like projecting and I need to navigate that a little bit. I will say the other thing is, is that everything is gay. Everything is queer. So if like, if your thing is like, you don't like dancing or like you have a kind of like normie way of looking, that's chill. And it's gay because you're gay. Yes. (laughs) You know, nothing is straight. No, there is no straight culture aside from all the things that are terrible. So that makes it not a culture. They steal everything. Yeah. 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 So I'm also like, if it isn't, natural to you to do those things that is chill I am oh I mean I'm always gonna be the friend that's gonna be like try it do it (laughs) try it once I'll be here I'll support you be here do it so like maybe you don't wear color or like maybe you have an interest in like a piece of clothing and it doesn't have to be like turning looks like we are club kids it is 12 in the afternoon it can just be like I have never worn this thing before because I feel embarrassed about it and that's kind of like a nice way to like also give your body like a little bit of love too you know um so yeah I feel like it's like both of those things yeah um I do want to say that like being gay unfortunately doesn't automatically excuse you from aligning yourself with traditional gender roles like I feel like I am very much still learning 
to like let go of a lot of my coerced attraction to masculinity mm. and like the performances that mm. come with that to like call that energy towards me. Um, that being said, now that I'm out, I've been given and I've given myself a lot more permission to like explore expressions of gender that feel authentic and good. Um, for me, dancing and dressing up for men never felt right. Like it was always kind of like awkward and mm-hmm. bad and gross. Um, because it was a performance Mm -hmm. and it did take me a while to like learn how my body actually wanted to naturally move and be and like how I wanted to look out in the world. Dancing and dressing up doesn't fit into the gender that you've been performing or like told to perform your whole life and that's why it feels uncomfortable but maybe you just don't like those things and Mm -hmm. that's not going to be a part of your Mm -hmm. homosexuality. Yeah. But now that I'm your mom... I give you full permission to explore all of the ways of expressing mm-hmm. yourself in, like Enza said, low pressure and supportive environments. Yeah. You can just text me and Enza a picture mm-hmm. and be like, how's this? And we will yeah. gas you up. My like DMs are open for anybody who wants like, asked up for their look or their day or, yes. you know, consensually flirted with. Will do for <laughs> all my gay children, all my neighbors. Yes. Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> Gay children, specifically, no one else. <laughs> um, Enza, will you read us a text message that we got? Of course. Because of where I live and work, apps are really the only way for me to meet women, and I'm having no success at all. I don't know if I'm too fat for women. I'm a size 18, 20, 22, depending on the store, so I'm definitely a big girl, and I get not everyone is into that. I don't know if they don't believe that I'm actually gay. I live in a college town and there's definitely a lot of questioning girls, which is cool too. We all have to start somewhere, but I know a lot of women are super anti-questioning girls or whatever reason, and I'm very femme, straight in quotes, presenting. I don't know what it is, but it's pretty disheartening to feel like no one is interested in me because of the way I look, and that's all I can think of the problem being. Oh, my sweet, sweet queer fats. Okay, so... I have so many feelings about this. Um, okay, first I want to f- affirm that fat phobia exists. Yes, that was actually, I was going to say, like, I think you're giving way too much credit to people who claim that, like, being attracted, not attracted to fat people is a preference. Yeah, yeah. Um, literally not a preference. It is fat phobia. Like, yeah, that is part of it. Of course it is, you know? I, too, am a queer fat, have always been a queer fat, and... Like I said, I I failed heterosexuality in like every way. And so I don't really concern myself with what like the quote unquote like mainstream cares like about. Um, But I do feel really sad when my queer community fails me. Um, And so there is a lot of frustration there that I just want to like affirm is totally fine to like have and feel sad about and mourn. That is, like, not your fault at all. Um, One thing that I would offer just, like, in my own personal journey, when I was in school, I was feeling these things and I couldn't quite articulate them in the way that you have in the self-awareness that you had, like, when I was in that time of my life. But I used it as an opportunity to just feel really awesome about myself. I really interrogated my own fat phobia, my own internalized shit. I also was, like, do do I does my desire align with fat phobia because I also realized that I was being fat phobic and like my desires and stuff too so 
those people have to like work on themselves. The salve is not for you to also work on yourself, but it's like using that as an opportunity to be like, you're not always going to be in this place. And these aren't going to always be the people that are around you. Um, And I also want to address like that you're saying that you're, you know, femme presenting and people just like don't think fat people have gender. So that's a part of it. And they also don't think that we have sexuality at all. They don't perceive us as sexual people. Of course, there is like femme erasure. want to totally affirm that. But it almost doesn't matter what our gender presentation is for fat folks because that like people aren't going to identify that probably at first unless you're with like some super rad other queers. And for me, it was really important to like name that and like Laura knows like the other day I said like I'm finally in my host stage I like never had it like I finally was like at a point where I was like okay I like love myself I started dating I found a great partner they're great and like I never but I also never got to like go out in the world as a fully realized version of myself they suck they have a lot of work to do and you should feel like if you can call it out or call it in or whatever like do it you're probably super hot and cool and great and now I don't want to be like there's so many fish out in the sea or whatever (laughs) because like being in a partnership or dating is not like the end-all be-all of like being a person just use this as a time to be like kind to yourself I I actually do think part of the problem is being like femme or straight presenting Mm -hmm. on dating apps before I explicitly said I was gay I got like no matches Mm -hmm. and then as soon as I was like I first line I'm gay (laughs) it's like every time I swiped right it was a match and I was like literally like why weren't people swiping on me Mm -hmm. did like I mean I understand there's a lot of you know straight women out there unicorn hunting and then they trap you and try to get you to sleep with their boyfriend Mm -hmm. so I, I get that um so yeah I would I would consider putting that in your profile just to be very explicit yeah And um, another thing that totally changed my experience was just, like, forcing myself to become more forward because Mm. lesbians hate making the first move. Mm -hmm. And I would have so many matches and I'd be like, what am I going to say? Yeah. And now I'm just, like, immediately message them. And if we have, like, three messages back and forth that are kind of nice, I'm like, hey, let's go on a date. Mm. Yeah. Because it's, like, just might as well do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just might as well try Literally, I, I, I need everybody out here to hear this. Literally, yeah. if the only reason that you are not sleeping with or dating that person is because they're fat, then you're fat phobic. Yeah. Period. Yeah. There's, like, There's that's, literally no... End of story. <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> that's the Honey's, story. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for this episode, we opened questions up to the Instagram. Mm-hmm. And the following questions come from my story responses. By far, the most common Mm -hmm. question we got was how to flag when you're femme and straight presenting. Mm -hmm. Um, And one question specifically asked how to flag enough so that other queers can clock you, but so that your mom won't Mm. for the teen queers. Okay. That I'm so jealous of that they get to experience queerness in their teens. So lucky. And proud of. Yeah. Um, As a femme who is constantly confused for a straight... I'd personally love advice on this. <laughs> so ends that to you. You know what the, the gag is, though? I am also confused for a straight in the world. Like, people don't know what gay people look like. Like, straight people don't know what gay people look like. 
I don't I, I can't share in this experience in a traditional way because I am not like outwardly presenting as femme, you know, um, and it's the flagging part is sort of different because like I don't feel like anybody should ultimately have to adjust what feels comfortable to them, yeah. you know, so in some ways I'm just like be forward, you know, mm-hmm. carry yourself in ways like that offer that I guess a little bit more. Yeah, like maybe just like be bold. I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm not particularly bold all the time too, so I know that that's hard. I don't know. I buy a lot of clothes from like smaller queer retailers, mm-hmm. which sometimes I think it won't necessarily like you don't need to buy the shirt that I have that says embrace faggotry, you know? <laughs> but like I think in certain places, like in LA, I feel like you can do that if you like are getting your things from certain people. Yeah. Like, I definitely pick up on that because, like, I'm always, like, looking at, you know, like, if things come in my size, I'm looking at it. And, you know, I'd prefer to obviously shop small or whatever. But to me, like, I feel like that's the most tangible advice that I could give. And just, like, everyone is gay, you know? So, like, the only time where I'm, like, that person is straight is, like, or... But then, see, even the kind of person I think is straight, which is a person that wears skinny jeans with running shoes and... um like a like a baby what those baby sleeve shirts like even sometimes I'm like well in the Midwest that's gay yeah so also like flagging is different geographically where you are too like especially like in the United States you know um so I'd say my biggest gripe with flagging is that straight people are constantly co-opting queer fashion meant to flag which results in queers both feeling less compelled to use those tools and less trustworthy in the tools themselves. Um, I mean, like, hanky coat is alive and well Mm -hmm. if you're looking for casual sex. But I know, like, that's not super helpful if you're just looking for other queer friends or, like, romantic partners. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like the idea of, like, painting your index and middle fingers different colors from the rest of your nails Mm. and I always go into the nail salon like super confident that I'm gonna ask for it and then I get shy (laughs) I saw someone the other day that had acrylics on all of their nails except those two nails and I was like that is amazing Enzo will you read our next text message Mm mm-hmm I just had a really good first date, but at the end of the kiss was really awkward. Like we accidentally smashed faces, even though we fucked when we were drunk before. I'm in love and struggling after two dates. How do I make her love me? <laughs> You're this so gay. The dankiest question, question I've ever heard. Oh, oh my god. Um. Oh my god, so funny. Um. First, like, I don't know. Kissing is weird, and it's amazing, but it is like. If you ever think about it in like a really practical sense, you're like, who decided that that's a thing we do? Like, imagine cave people making out. Not to like molest, but like a man. Like, it's even weird to like think about like any animal. Yeah. You know. So sometimes to me, it's like I'm I'm always. This might just be the way in which I am, like, charming, I suppose. Not to be like, this is my tricks. But, like, I just, like, always call things out in the moment, which obviously we can't do. But, like, you could be, like, it is very endearing to be, like, remember when we, like, totally smacked each other's teeth? And it was very weird. 
I think it's important to keep in mind that like this was just one kiss and sometimes singular kisses are just bad. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're not necessarily representative of your chemistry with somebody. Um, you know, and if there's a third date lined up, there's an opportunity for another kiss and that kiss might be great and it might also be bad. And then maybe it's time to consider that you're not in love with this person. <laughs> As for your deeply intense feelings after two dates, I understand so much. Please try to keep yourself busy. Plan hangouts with friends. Pick up a hobby or revisit one that you dropped. Go to events. It's so easy to fall into the trap of obsessing over somebody new, and there is zero reward in it. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from somebody who is like recovering from this yeah. terrible habit. Um, it's just going to make you anxious to, like, sit and wonder and mm-hmm. fantasize about where things are going. So, um, as your mom, I'm literally banning you from looking at their social media for the next 12 hours. Go to your room. Go to your room. I, like, I need everybody to, like, take a step back. I need everybody to, like, work on themselves a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know? You got to take that that moment. Because, like, to me, if this were me, I wouldn't have anxiety about this because I'd just, like, bring it up and be like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Same. Yeah, you know? Like, if it feels like the end of the world, what I'm curious about my gay child is, is this desire to, like, rush in connected to something else, too. Yeah. Not to say that this person can't be, like, amazing and fantastic in the person that you spend your life with. Um, and I'm like also very like pro vulnerability all the time. But I'm also like, let's take a like look and just like make sure that like everything else is in yeah. good sorts, you know? Yeah. Yes. All right. Next message. People compliment me 10 times more when I have a femme day than when I have a handsome day. Mm. What do you do? This is hard because like I would just love for you to get complimented constantly all the time um again welcome to send your pics to me and i will i will uh, give you so many compliments this is like kind of interesting i think i don't know who's giving you compliments or what spaces you're like occupying so i kind of need a little bit more context and that will kind of shift the perspective or advice that i'd give i think there's just like a sense of more like femme supporting femmes you know vibe amongst like queer folks um and then so then I would say like the reason why if you're having more of like a handsome day is just because like the presumption that that is what is like central and correct to like the queer eye Mm -hmm. um in which like that's like a fucked up centering of masculinity that we don't want to be doing so that's one perspective that I have um I mean my other one is that like being like sort of meticulously put together in like a mask presenting way or a handsome way is like can be very fashionable and hard but there's like an assumption that there, it isn't you know very hard um I will say from a fashion perspective you know I love I love these little dapper babies out there like I am that is not me um but whenever I align myself with close to that I try to be really fucking bold yes. so like if I'm giving you fashion advice, I'd say that, like, are you wearing, like, a navy blue pants with, like, a light blue shirt and, like, a bow tie or, like, a tie? I'd be like, bitch, let's turn it. Like, let's get a pattern. Let's get, like, a bold pant, yes. you know? And, like, then it it kind of, for me, that's really important as somebody who, like, doesn't really, like, 
is you know a genderful non-binary person I don't really prescribe certain you know I'm more like I love color and I love patterns and that's what I'm really interested in not so much like this butch thing or this handsome thing or this you know dapper thing or this femme thing so I would say like that's something to kind of like maybe if that's of interest to you if that's of interest to your fashion to kind of like go towards that um or try that out if that feels comfy to you if not like people one thing that I sometimes do is like tell my friends and partners and people that I know like tell them this Mm -hmm. and be like I realize that this happens to me and it bums me out because I feel really cute on these days but I'm not like receiving these compliments and if you have good friends and good community then they'll know to like raise a glass to you all the time yeah I I had very similar advice I mean as a Leo I feel completely comfortable demanding compliments Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um I would I would just say like I hey I would really like more compliments when I'm having a handsome day and I I know it like we don't know the full context of like are these people that you're dating or sleeping with or just friends um so it might be different depending on who Mm -hmm. you're talking to I do feel like this is like a very common thing for AFAB people who are mm-hmm. femme passing. Um, and for those of you not familiar with the term, AFAB means uh, assigned female at birth. Um, and I think it's like a just a subconscious or maybe fully conscious way of like trying to squeeze you back into the binary because mm-hmm. people are like used to seeing you a certain way. Yeah. And totally. then um, they want to like reinforce that because they're like, that's mm-hmm. the person that I know. And now mm-hmm. they're handsome and I don't know how to feel. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm turned on and I don't mm-hmm. want to be. Um, but I'm here to tell you that you're very handsome. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being handsome. Yeah. And like just a, a, a an anecdote to affirm that. I was in a play last fall where I had to wear like 1800s man clothes. It was so good. <laughs> and I, every queer friend of mine that came was like, Enza, you're so hot in those clothes. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like kind of dead over it. I was like, this is hilarious. So like people live for yeah. it like a little bit. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was like so conflicted about my feelings because <laughs> Enza looked amazing. They were like this like, super rich terrible <laughs> yeah, daddy terrible. from like yeah. the 1800s and I was like I just want you to shower me in money yeah yeah like and everybody was like especially because I'm like old most of the show and then yeah. I'm young in the last scene where you really see how f- terrible I am yeah and so I have like a more stripped down version of my look and everybody was like was like I want to I feel weird about what's going on yeah. so I want to affirm to you too that like you look very cute on those days. And I'm and people are like down. Yeah. Yeah. Enzo, will you read our next question? Mm-hmm. If I get an undercut, is it too much of a cliche? So I I say do whatever you want. Yeah. Is it a cliche? I mean, I think we want gay things to be cliches so that we can identify each other. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think the problem with an undercut is that it's a cliche. I think the problem is that, like, 40% of straight women have undercuts. (laughs) So if, like, your purpose is to flag, I don't know how well it's going to work. Yeah. But if it's just because you really like that haircut, then fucking go for it. Yeah. I would say literally the same exact thing. I Yeah. I mean, like, 
I think one thing I will say is I think that sometimes we we do because you know the internet and we got you know a queen uh, of the memes in my presence you know like it is fun to like joke about the things that are things that we collectively do as like a community you know and like you know I joke all the time where I'm like yep got queer haircut number five like you know for sure like I make that joke but also it was deeply important for me to cut my hair yeah so like it it's like I can also have the fun of like making fun of myself but also it was like literally an imperative part of my like my own like literal self-love and self-affirmingness and gender determination for me to do that so like if you're like yes like I need this for me to feel affirmed in that and you just or you just feel like it'd be cute like do it you know and it's like yeah, maybe it's a cliche. And like to Laura's point, you might not be like every, like a lot of folk that undercuts now. So it's like hard, you know, it's hard to kind of like figure that out. But like if you gotta like do it, I will say that no matter what, I recommend a good haircut. So many queer people have bad haircuts. Enza, I just want to say like <laughs> Enza has such good hair. Like they are turning Thank you. 90s like boy heartthrob <laughs> looks constantly and it is thank you it took me a moment to get here too so like I had very long hair up until like two years ago finally cut it off and it's still when I first cut it off it wasn't even in its like final iteration which is what I have now um so also like that like go on go on your hair journey queers like it is okay and if it falls within like a you know a cliche it's fine like if that feels important to you or you just feel cute cuter that way then do it and it's also okay to like have a bad haircut I experimented very briefly with androgyny (laughs) and I did not look good with short hair (laughs) I looked like a Midwestern mom. Not that Midwestern moms can't be hot. Yeah. But that's not my gender presentation. Yeah. There also is a meme for all the femmes out there that I saw and I like sent to my partner and they were like, oh my fucking God. I can't remember it exactly, but it was essentially like one wolf wants you to have long hair and one wolf wants you to have short hair. You are gay. (laughs) And it's so true. So, like, I also think, like, for femme people, that is, like, a hard experience. Yeah. Um, Okay, next question. Enza, if you could go back and give your baby gay self advice, Mm. what would it be? Mm. Oh, this is nice. I I mean, I think my big thing is is that I would... I mean, it's not so much advice. I always wish that the version of myself that I am now was what I got to work with when I was younger. You know, and um, in some ways, like, it's funny. All my friends that I'm, like, friends with from, like, high school or growing up are gay now. I went on a date with one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, like, I think that I was fortunate enough as a young person that, like, even though none of us were, like, speaking to that, we did have, like, a nice little gay little gay vibe kind of happening. A subconscious network of gays. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so, like, in those ways, like, I feel, like, kind of fortunate. I mean, I think that if I had the self-awareness about all the things that I was internalizing that I wish I just was working on those things earlier so that I could get to these. But I also don't want to be, like, mad at my younger self. I really wish that I had unpacked maybe 
my honestly my relationship to my internalized fat phobia kind of first because that was so tied up in like my internalized transphobia my struggle with like navigating my gender and like just um you know and then just like feeling like I said like not in that like I'm gonna be a fat dyke and nobody's gonna like love me kind of like vibe so I don't know I mean I I think my advice would just be like keep going if you do it earlier like good job baby if not it's chill we'll get there you know I mean I really wish I came out sooner I write about this a lot I'm actually writing an article right now about being a late blooming dyke um so I think my biggest biggest advice to my baby gay self would be like you don't need proof to come out you are gay enough Mm -hmm. listen to your parents when they give you a safe space to come out when you're 19 (laughs) the reason you like but i'm a cheerleader is not because it's a great movie (laughs) it is a great although it is a great movie i watched it again recently and it holds up watched it a lot when i was younger (laughs) um for me it was really important to like learn how to set and stick to my boundaries Mm -hmm. and like really be like I like you a lot but I can only spend this much time with you every week or like I really can't text you while I'm working because I just like I said I'm like a recovering fantasizer Mm -hmm. not saying that I don't still fantasize you know my wedding night with somebody on our first date but like I cut myself off and I set boundaries to like set myself up for success in relationships with people now. And I I wish I had known how to do that younger, but I also really love myself now. So yeah, like you said, like I don't want to yell at my young self. Yeah. She was just doing the best she could. Yeah. <laughs> um, Enza, will you read us a text message? Of course. I identify as a bi woman and I'm unhappy with my appearance, specifically my chest. I wish many days it was smaller. It brings unwanted attention and I'm constantly self-conscious. I tend to dress more masculine and have always leaned towards doing so. I've given a lot of thought and I don't believe I am trans, but I have been wondering if it would be appropriate for me to wear a binder, even if I'm not trans. I don't want to offend or confuse, and I haven't found any good, solid opinions on it. So to sum it up, as a cis bisexual woman, would I be in the wrong to wear a binder to appear more masculine? Thank you all for what you do. I love you, gay mom. First of all, I love you too, sweetie. Um, This is such a thoughtful and sensitive question. Mm -hmm. Um, But binding is not exclusive to trans people, and you don't have to be trans to like feel unhappy with certain aspects of your body mm-hmm. or like want to change your appearance to like make your gender presentation something else if wearing a binder makes you feel more comfortable in your body then 100 percent do it yeah. um i don't think anyone will be offended or confused except for maybe some miserable straight folks that you don't want to spend time with anyways yeah yeah i mean like the short answer is like get a binder you know and like i'll even offer like a personal um story that I like I like recently bought a binder like probably about six months ago maybe a little bit longer than that um and it's because like not every I don't bind every day I like bind when I when I need to and when I feel comfortable and like I don't feel like binding is inherent to my non-binary identity it is inherent to what I am feeling in that moment for what my gender presentation has to be in order for me to feel comfortable so like you can also totally identify as cis but your gender presentation isn't what we assume as like a binary cis person like that's what we kind of all like what's so complicated about all of this stuff is like at the end of the day we just want to blow it all up because none of it means anything at all 
Um, you shouldn't be concerned about, I mean, I know it's hard to not be, but like, don't be concerned about if you're going to confuse people. Like, you have to do what feels like affirming to you. You should always center that, you know, as like, that's what you need, you know? Um, so like, your presentation can totally be different than your like the gender that you feel that you um you know that you are and that that you're experiencing that day um and like if trans folks or like queer folks give you shit for it then like fuck them them. um also you know and I think that like I don't know I just think it's really important just like collectively for us not to put like gatekeepers on certain things like this you know it's like really important because like you know, I mean, maybe you'll identify as a cis person forever. And like, and I think I know, I know tons of cis people who talk about that it would be really maybe affirming for them to like use language that describes themselves maybe differently or maybe in like a, like for me, like I use the word genderful because I feel very filled with gender, Mm -hmm. um, not like lacking gender or not having any. Yeah. Um, and like, for me, it was necessary to be like, I am a genderqueer person or I'm a non-binary person. I'm a genderful person, whatever. That was so important to me. That isn't important to everybody, just in the way that there's like non-binary folks who don't use they, them pronouns, you know? And like, there's lots of, I feel like I've had like lots of people who are like, oh, I think I'm cis. I don't think I'm trans or whatever. But like, it feels good to like know that you can, like things that are perceived as like a trans or non-binary thing like if it feels comfortable for you to use those tools or that language or you can you should feel okay about it like if someone's trying to like cut your validity because you're not like 100% a thing none of us are 100% anything yeah you know so like Yes, like just that. That's like a ramble. I feel, I feel, I, I empathize with this question deeply because I felt like, am I allowed to? I've similarly felt like, is it not appropriate for me to have a binder because I don't identify as like trans mask and I don't identify as butch or mask? You know, and I was like, kind of like, oh, you know, like, uh. and I was really concerned about how other people would perceive me or if they'd think like, oh, Enza's like this way, you know, and yeah. I totally get that and I deeply empathize with that but like you have to do what affirms you and makes you happy and like gender is about self-determination regardless of where you fall so like if for you something affirming is to like have a binder um do that also there's like tons of cis people that have top surgery too yeah too so like if I mean I don't know if you're trying to go like you know medicalize that but like that is also a an option or you know a reduction or whatever you know like there's I know you know I know trans women who wear binders you know who have have shifts in their gender presentation and you know whatever like literally anybody so like the short answer is yes go buy yourself a binder yeah um be safe about it please go buy it from like a reputable source yeah read read up on it read up because there are there are unsafe ways to bind yeah like buy a true binder don't use bandages don't you like do anything like that and like do what makes you happy and like also like just so you know like when you first start binding it's hard (laughs) yeah it it's hard to breathe it's hard to breathe (laughs) it's like you have to put your toddies in a direction and Mm -hmm. but like I say totally do it because the days when I need it, I feel so much better about myself. And it is for me, it isn't every day. For some folks, it is. And, you know, 
just like know that if that's going to make you feel good then like let yourself feel good like you know like you're you should do that for yourself yeah all right we have one more voicemail to listen to hey g-mom today i decided to cut off all of my medium length hair and get some short hair and i did it for me because it's something i wanted to do but it kind of feels kind of bad that like other people that are close to me in my life don't like it how would you get over that because i did it for me and it's something i do really like but it kind of hurts that other people aren't into it who knows anyway thank you for being great you really helped me out a lot thank you bye (laughs) me and laura are crying both of us are crying (laughs) i love you so much i love you so much like thank you for your vulnerability um i'm gonna use a story from personal experience um my mother lives vicariously through my hair i like i said had very long mermaid hair for up until like two years ago I similarly, like I said earlier, had to cut my hair in order for me to feel myself, to feel correct. And um, this is a phrase that I had to work myself to, which is when my mom would be like, "Uh," you know, say something to me or whatever, I would be like, mom, when you talk about my hair that way, it hurts my feelings. I can sense the vulnerability that you have and that you're feeling really bummed out about this. Um, and so I know that it's like hard to say that. And so what I kind of worked myself up to was not in like the sucky way of having to take emotions out of things, but just being able to like say your thesis first. And then you can kind of say for me, like cutting my hair was really important because of this, that, and the other thing. Like I did it for me. It felt, you know, and, and every reason is valid. Like if your reason is like, I feel cuter. I feel in my gender. I feel it's hot. I don't want to deal with hair. So I'm so sorry that people aren't supporting you in that way and maybe don't see the importance of making such a big shift in in your look in that way because I think that if it felt good to you, it is really hard to do that as someone who has done that, you know? But I would just really practice like saying like, blah, blah, blah. When you say that, it hurts my feelings. I mean, I will say I say that to my mom all the time and sometimes she gets it and sometimes she doesn't, you know, and just being able to like say that and then you can kind of be like, I mean, like you're saying you did it for you and I don't know what like the nuance of that, you know, statement is. But like, like I said, like it was a imperative that I cut my hair in order for me to feel and that's for me, not for everybody. Right. Like. So, too, like, sometimes it's important to express that to people that, like, if there is something that is more kind of vulnerable about it, like, to explain that. Because sometimes people just, like, won't get that. You you also don't even need to say anything else, but it hurts my feelings mm-hmm. when you say this. Because, like Enza said, they might not be receptive to the, your reason, but hopefully they do hear that, like, you are hurting from their words. Um I know it's like kind of a cliche thing to say, but I feel like when people do this, it's also because like 
they see the freedom and the liberation mm-hmm. that you're experiencing and expressing yourself and they don't feel comfortable to do those things. Um, I think that's like usually the number one reason that people say rude things like this. Um, take a lot of cute selfies to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. And then send them to me and Enza mm-hmm. and we'll gas you up. Because I'm sure if you like it, then you look absolutely stunning. Yeah. And that actually goes out to all of the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are having a day, send us a picture. We will put it in the show notes with a bunch of notes just like praising you mm-hmm. and your looks. Yeah. Because we want you to get a piece of the gay mom and the gay boy next door love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for our questions today. Enza, I love you so much. I love you so much. This is so fun. We were both very nervous going into this today. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we are recording at Enza's house. So if you hear like babies crying or planes flying in the background, like get over it. (laughs) Sorry, I live in the valley. (laughs) Join my Patreon. (laughs) So we can afford an actual recording studio. Um, Everyone listening out there, I love you so much. Everything's going to be okay. Before we go, Enza, do you have anything to plug? Um, uh, like I said, I have a um, podcast with um, some folks called Heterophobic Podcast. We have a first season that you can already listen to. Um, we're in the midst of our recording our second season. Um, it's just three big old queers talking about like everything from crafting to ghosts to sex to relationships all kinds of things um it's fun it's goofy um check that out um you can check out my personal instagram page at at providenza c um which i'm sure our lovely gay mom has tagged me in things for you to find me easily please follow a bitch um you know i'm an actor they love those high follower counts also if you're like trying to figure out your desire and undo your fat phobia um fat bitch turning lots of looks um feeling the fantasy always i'm also starting a new page which i'll probably do this week which um i already have the page all settled i have so many pictures in my dropbox um called fatty thirst traps um so that is f-a-t-t-i-e underscore underscore thirst underscore traps um it is going to be a space where I'm going to be putting um, what Instagram will allow me of my nude-ish fat body um, with just like some captions around uh, fatness and gender and kind of continuing the conversations that we're having here. And then I'm also doing on Thursdays, um, you know, Thirst Trap Thursdays for um, fat folks to send their um, thirst traps my way and I will post them and um, tag you if you want folks to like feel the fantasy with you so that i'm going to be starting this week um i have like a whole drop box of like semi nudes um (laughs) so i'm hoping that instagram doesn't like censor all of them but that's very likely so check that out um i perform all the time so if you follow me on instagram you can see that there um yeah and if you uh are a theater maker or a tv maker or whatever i am an actor and we need fat people on television so cast a bitch and enza is super talented (laughs) they're actually my muse for an ongoing piece i've been working on that's gonna come out one day and it's gonna blow your freaking mind yeah 
Special thanks to our amazing producer and editor, head coach, Acacia O'Connor. Music this week by Kitchen Hips, whose massively talented lead singer, Arian Russell, is diligently working on our Gay Mom theme song. Shout out to our Patreon patrons, Caitlin Petcha, Huffelgruffin, Alexandria Tabor, Ryan Matlock, and Jeanette Stykova. If you're not a patron yet, please consider making a monthly donation to help us continue making this show without background noises. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Tune in next time for more Gay Mom Advice. Things would be fine.